Now, when I first was commanded, mandated by God to um, start speaking on the undefeated church, this is kind of how everything got where it was at. He said, and I wrote it down, and, and, and this is how I started that series. In anything or everything, it's your perception of the situation that makes the difference. Do y'all believe that or not? You're either a half full or you're a half empty. Have you ever hung around a half empty person? Always half empty. Man, I mean, one side of my family, you can probably guess which side. I come from a long line of half empty people. And I mean, you know, just kind of drag you down. There's just a lot more negative than there was positive. But it's your perception of the situation that will determine the difference. Okay? Uh, I hear a lot of people that are positive. Well, here's one way to look at it. You ever hear people say stuff like that? Well, here's a good way. Man, you're all... And then you, you hear, there's like the Debbie Downers or the, you know, or I, sorry, Debbie, whoever that is. <laughs> And uh, so, uh, you know, um, always kind of bringing things down. I had, I had this, um, a doctor had given me this uh, percentage of people who were diagnosed with cancer. And we're not even talking about, this had nothing to do with the church or Christians. So this, this came from uh, the medical field. And they said... A very high percentage, I think it was like 70% or whatever, of the people who, who defeat cancer, who beat cancer, are the ones who have the attitude and the perception, and they say, when they hear, when they hear what they just got, they say, it ain't going to beat me. Those are the ones that have a very high percentage of beating cancer. Now, would you say they're half empty or half full? So their perception is different than the ones who don't defeat it, right? The percentages that don't defeat it. So it's different. So your perception of the situation is what makes the difference. And if this is the truth, then we can change our perception and we can change. Amen? That's why God is so good. And so he gives us this revelation that we're going to unveil. And he's going to just speed it up for us. Amen. Amen. Aren't you excited about it? Yes. Well, tell your faces, please. <laughs> All right. Now, a revelation, people, is something that is beyond sense knowledge. All right? It doesn't, it, it doesn't come from our senses. It comes straight from God into our spirit. That's what a revelation is. And it's, uh, a revelation is something that is not already finished or done it's, it's something that he's revealing to us. Like I said, he revealed, it's already there. So if I pull the sheet off of this, even though it was, the sheet was covering it, it was always there, right? But it was just hasn't been revealed. And so what's really cool, like we, play, we talked about the plan of God in your life last night. Everything God is, done, is ever going to do for you, are you with me? He's already done. Are y'all getting this? It's already done. Just revelation is coming. Amen. And so I'm so thankful for revelation. Aren't you? Now, he's given this insight. So what is it? All right, we'll get to it. But the Lord said to me, this principle 
that he showed me is the perception and the main principle, and it's a law, of every champion. It is, uh, and it always will produce results. It always, you receive benefits from it. And because of that, man, you want to live this way. You want to think this way. You want to say it all the time. Now, it always will produce fruit, harvest, blessings, and uh, the Lord said it's a pr- the principal law for abundant living. And he's not just talking about, here we go again with the law. It, this thing works in the world, and they don't even realize they're doing it. Now, are you ready for change? Are you ready to hear about it? All right. So here's how it came about. When I was teaching the series on covenant, and we need to be more covenant-minded, you know, dialing into the covenant. And then I was teaching on the legal system of God, the courtrooms of heaven. If you haven't, do you have that book or we got that book? Okay, we got it on our table. A man named Robert Henderson was taken out of his body uh, and, and taken to this courtroom. And it was the heavenly courtroom. And he, everything about it was this courtroom. And God told him, he said, I am, ju- I am the judge. People don't know me. They know me as their savior. They know me as their Lord, but they don't know me as judge. And a lot of people don't want to know him as judge. And that's a sad thing. What do you mean that's a sad thing? Because I don't want to see the judge. Well, that's how it is on earth, but that's not how it is spiritually. He's not an unjust judge. He's a just judge. He's not a condemning judge. He's the judge that wants to see you in the courtroom. Come on, let's get this thing settled. I got some laws here and we can take care of this thing. But we tend to think, because we have a different perception of judge. Are you with me? But he's not that way. He wants you. Don't you remember when that widow would kept bothering that judge? Jesus was telling that parable. And, and, and she kept coming and she kept... Finally, that judge goes, I've had enough. I can't take any more of her. Let her have what she wants. Jesus said... How much more would your father, who is just and a just judge? So he wants to justify you. One scripture says, bring all things to my remembrance. God says this. Think about it. Bring all things to God's remembrance. Why? He's got a short-term memory? No. It's the legal thing to do. What do I bring to his remembrance? The word. You bring the word to the judge. It's just like a lawyer now would go to a judge and go, I want to remind you, judge and uh, the jury, about the case of Topeka versus Brown, 1950. That's what they do. That's the legal thing to do. And that's what you do with the word. Now, surely you don't want to not have any word in you, and you wouldn't be able to present your case. Because there's an adversary, and there is an accuser of the brethren. And he goes morning and night accusing to try to stop you. To try to stop your plan. And so God says, well, here's how you can stop him. I've given you the power and I've endowed you with the power of repenting. And then I find out that repenting has no emotional tie to it. It's a legal term. And God says, when you repent, you put a gag order on the accuser. Oh, somebody should have got really excited right there. You shut him up. So that ought to make your perception of repenting a whole lot different. 
Oh, yeah, the devil wants you to sit there and get condemned and condemned and condemned and just stay in that thing. But the reality of it is it shuts him out of the case, realigns you back in line with God and the promises and the blessings of God. So in other words, your perception of repentance should stop and do a whole 360 and say this. This is what the Lord said to me. Here's how you ought to be talking about uh, repentance. You don't have to. You get to. Oh, come on. Because if you truly understand covenant, God will never break his covenant. If you really know covenant, I will never... Here's what he says. I, you, you make covenant with me? How many in here is born again? Whoa. You don't realize who you're in covenant with. And he said, I will never leave you. Why? Because he's covenant-minded. David was covenant-minded. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Now, all of Israel was hiding in fear of this Goliath. But David yells out, he, you know what uncircumcised Philistine means? He doesn't have a covenant. In other words, I get to. None of you guys want to do this? Are you sure? What's the winner get? Really? Free from taxes? Yes. Yes. They're all hiding. Now, I want to ask you something. Do you think all of Israel who were afraid of Goliath, all of Israel, the whole nation, do you think they knew about covenant? Yeah. But they forgot. And I believe there's a whole bunch of church people have forgot. And Jesus said, no, bring it to my remembrance. God says, no, bring it to my remembrance. Amen? Are y'all getting this or not? So our perception of repenting was, you don't have to. Listen, listen to me now, because you're really going to think this is terrible, and you're giving, I'm giving you a free ticket to sin. Now, I'm going to, and I'm not giving you that. I'm just, just, I'm, just stay with me. <laughs> you get born again, and you give your heart to God. He writes your name in that book of life. You don't have to repent. Boy, you don't hear this from preachers How's that been working out for you, too? Because you're going to reap what you sow. And I'm going to take you to the Scriptures. But you get to. And you get to live for Him. And you get to honor Him. And all, all these things. All right, so here we go. So I'm preaching on this and other topics on Champion Church. I'm preaching on walking in love. I'm preaching on, how many know that's important? I'm preaching on giving and tithing now that I'm pastoring. I don't have to, I get to. I'm preaching on enduring. I'm preaching on praise and worship. And I'm preaching on thanksgiving. And after, this is now years, this is years. And after each one I'd preach like that, I would hear the spirit inside me go, you don't have to, you get to. On all of them. On all of them. You don't have to. And the Lord said to me, the I get to principle is a principle that I've always had. 
And it is the principle that leads to victorious life and abundant living. He said it's a spiritual law. And when you renew your mind in the I get to, right? Instead of I have to. And you renew your mind in that and you say it over and over and over and begin to live this, there's always benefits to the I get to. All right? The Bible. How about the Bible? The Bible was a book written for us so that we get to succeed. God said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Didn't he? He said, meditate on it day and night. And then you will be prosperous, and then you will have good success. When? When you, I'm going to give you this book, and this book's going to help you. If you get into this book, you, I'll, you get to have this book, and you'll, what are the benefits? Success and prosperous. Right? How about this scripture? Proverbs 4.20 says, Attend to my words, incline thine ear into my sayings, let them not depart out from thine eyes. The book, the words, the word. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all of their flesh. If you look at the margin to where it says health, it's the word medicine. So in other words, think about it. This book is not only prosperity and success, he told Joshua, but it is a 24-hour prescription to health all the time. You don't have to be sick. My God. My God, how do I get the book? You're telling me in that book. Yeah, and you get to read that book. And you get to get in that book. And there are benefits to that book. What are the benefits? Health, prosperity, and success. Those are benefits to what? I get to. Man, I, you know, the church, I, I, I don't, I get in trouble when I refer movies to the church. But there's a movie out there and, and a long time ago. And there was just one book left. There was one Bible left. And the whole world was fighting for that thing. Because there, that was the only place where the power was. And I thought, my God. How we don't know. We get to read them. You don't have, listen to me. You're born again. You don't have to read the Bible. Just do your thing. Watch your TV. Do your thing. Don't read it. You don't have to. You get to. Now, y'all seeing how when you get to, there's benefit? Now, all right. Are y'all getting this or not? Faith cometh by what? Hearing what? The word. So it helps you, when you get this book, it helps your faith to grow. Praise God. Amen. So, now, here's the difference between I get to and I have to. And this has been a problem in the church, I have to. I'm telling you, this is a problem in the church. We've taught our kids, you have to go to church. Now, I understand you got rules in your household, and you should abide by those as long as they're... I understand all that, and that's good. But if we would have taught them properly, it would have been a whole lot easier for them to renew their mind and transition and change their perspective. Oh, son, you don't have to. You get to. Here's why. 
Here are the benefits. Anytime it's get to, there are benefits. Are you with me? All right, you're going to, listen, our church, we've got the bands, we've got the magnets, we've got the bumper stickers, the t-shirts, the banner. We're doing this till Jesus comes. We are, we, we told everybody, we are the get to people. We are the get to church. We don't have to, everybody say it, we get to, amen. Now, I get to has a family of words that's associated with it. And those family of words are humility, willingness, honor, compassion, gladness, thankful, cheerfulness. And there's always benefits of the blessings of God. Now, the I have to family has a family of words called pride, selfishness, flesh, slothful, grudgingly, and the benefits are always death. Or dying. I don't mean you dying. I'm talking about just death in whatever area it is. God said to me, you don't have to get saved. God told me that. He never made one person get saved. You don't have to. But is there benefits to getting saved? Somebody want to tell me one? How about eternal life in heaven and not in hell? That's pretty big. That's a huge benefit. Hello? Hello, McFly? Is that a benefit or not? So you don't want to get saved. Just go and see how that works out for you in the end. Hope you like the heat real high. I mean, that's terrible, isn't it? I mean, think about that. But the benefit of salvation. Son. Son. All right. God said, you don't have to believe, you get to. God said, you don't have to pray. Come on, are y'all getting this or not? Come on, now get it. Mom goes, she watched me share this on, on the internet. She said, Chip, this is going to go all over the world. This, this is powerful, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I'm sitting there. <laughs> well, not really, that's pride. And then mama comes up and she goes, but you're going to have to learn how to pronounce the word correctly. And I said, what? And she goes, it's get, not get. (laughs) Go on now, get. All right. So if I don't, I I think I'm okay in Oakton, right? So when I go to Boston next month, I think I will get. (laughs) Get. I learned my jaw out a little bit. But there's always benefits. Everybody say, I get to. Say, I get to. Okay. Wait a minute, Chip. Hold on. Record scratch. Car breaks. Is this in everything? I get to judge others. How about that one? Now, watch out. Now, people will take this to the extreme. I get to speak my mind. I get to turn my neighbor's cheek instead of mine. I get to sin. How about that one? So what you're telling me is I get to sin and I'll benefit off of this sin. Now, what you just said is you're being what the Bible calls misled. All right? And those are acts of selfish. Not shellfish. (laughs) Selfishness. I get to humility. It's for others. Right? Compassion. 
Serving is I get to. Willingness is I get to. Right? Cheerfulness. Gladness of heart. We talked about that last night. But I have to. That's self. I have to is flesh. You're feeding your flesh. I have to is grudgingly. I have to. I bet nobody in here, I bet nobody in here has ever said, I have to go to work. (laughs) Or kids, I have to go to school. Or players, I have to go to practice. I'm telling you, you change this, this will change you. You'll love two-a-days. I'm not kidding you. But you, the problem is, uh, how can anybody love to, uh, hey, renew your mind. And watch your perception change on things. I get to go to two-a-days because we work harder than anybody else and we keep winning those rings. Now, is there benefit? Yeah, the rings. And the better-looking girlfriends. That's a good benefit, too. Now, I'm going to take you to a scripture that's going to prove to you if you say, and you think it's a free ticket to sin, I get to do this, I get to live my own way, I get to... Let, let's go to the scriptures. Galatians 6, 7, and 8 in the message. Look at this. Everybody can put your eyes on this. All right? You ready? It, well, oh, that was interesting. <laughs> I didn't know that was... Don't be what? Misled. Everybody say it. Misled. Don't be misled. That's being misled there. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will what? Do y'all understand that? So what you're going to plant, you're going to harvest. And when you plant humility, and when you plant willingness, and when you plant cheerfully and thankfully, with the attitude of I get to go to church, I get to pray to God, I get to read the Bible, Woo! I get to study in school, I get to be obey my parents, I get to. I get to, I didn't even throw that piece of trash down, but I get to go pick it up. I'm going to tell you something. Those people always live in the benefits. Now watch this. The person who plants selfishness, now see, that's the family of words of I have to. That's flesh. If you're going to go ahead and you're going to go, okay, Chip, I don't have to. I get to sin. Then that's what you're planting is selfishness. And you're being misled. And when you plant selfishness, you're ignoring the needs of others. And that's the reason why we're here is for others. The reason why you're here is not just for you and your little group in these four walls. It's for what God is showing pastor, the north, the south, the east, and the west. It's for the people and your co-workers and your teammates and your, your boss and your other students and whatever. And you're ignoring God because that's the plan. And you'll harvest a crop of weeds. That's what you're going to harvest is weeds. Oh, what's weeds? Well, you tell me. How's that been working out for you? You know what weeds are. All he will have to show for his life is weeds. There are Christians that are, their, their names are written in the book of life. And all they're harvesting is weeds. Because you want to know why? Their thought and mindset and their perception is, I have to. There's so many people that are poverty-minded because they think they have to give. 
God only likes a The Bible does not say he loves a giver. He loves what? That means that giver gets to. Are y'all getting this or not? He doesn't like a have-to giver. It's all about the heart with God. This is a simple, but it's a profound principle. That if you change it, and you begin to think it, and speak it, and wear it, I get, I don't have to. I get to be a blessing. I get to love that person who's not nice to me. I don't have to. You don't have to. You get to. And all he'll have to show in his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the growth and work in him, will harvest a crop of real life and eternal life. Amen. Are y'all ready for the real life? Jesus said, I've come to give you life and more abundantly. Amen. Amen? That's a good thing to know, isn't it? So this family of words that we were talking about, let's start with humility. This is part of the get-to family. All right? What is humility? A lot of people have different, you know, because you just wouldn't raise that way in your uh, thoughts on what humility is, suffering and different things like that. But true humility is this. I called mom and I said, Mom, God talks about when you come into his presence, be clothed in humility. I'll take you to that scripture. Be clothed. In other words, the judge is saying, when you come to my courtroom, be clothed in humility. For I resist the proud, but I exalt the humble. Oh, that's a huge difference. Hello? That's what got Satan or Lucifer kicked out of hell, was pride. There are people who think they're humble and they're prideful. They don't even know it because it's about yourself and not God's word. So what's the true meaning? Everybody listen to me. What's the true meaning of humility? Humility is submitting your will, your chooser. God gave you a will. Submitting your will to God and his word, no matter what. Did y'all hear that? No matter, submitting your will and whatever the word says, no matter what. That's true humility. And that's what God says, come into my courtroom, come into my presence, clothed now, I mean clothed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Come clothed, submit your will to me and my word, no matter what. So if God says it, that's it. The word says it, that's it. A person, now watch this. Here's a great example. A person who doesn't cast their cares unto God is a prideful person. Wow. Now, how do you get that? Stay with me. A person who carries their care. Because the Bible says, and God says, what does he say? Cast your care unto me. And the word says, be careful for nothing. But if you're sitting there carrying that care, then you are not willing and submitting to the, are y'all getting this? To the word, and you're submitting to yourself, therefore, you're a prideful person. And God resists the Submit your will to God. 
and his word, no matter what. That's true humility. Amen? Amen. Y'all believe that or not? All right. Now, the Bible says God never forgets the cry of the humble. God hears their desires. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 6, and I just quoted it. Let's, Let's read it and put our eyes on it. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with what? Say it out of your mouth. Humility. Humility. Be clothed with humility. For God resists what? Are y'all seeing the difference? I get to's and the half to's. Now come in, get to him, not half to him. All right, that's another one. That's, that's my translation. And he giveth grace to the who? Oh. To everyone? Oh. To who? Oh. The humble. He gives grace to the humble. Therefore, now, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may what? Exalt. You in due time. And who is he going to exalt? You. No, not necessarily. The humble. That G cloud and that pipeline is for the humble. That is a legal thing. That, that is working in the world just as much as it's, it, it should be. It's for the body of Christ and his covenant people. But he will exalt the humble. Wow. Think about it. The Bible says when you come into my presence, God says, when you come into my presence, how does he say to come? Has anybody ever read this? Because a lot of times when we go and pray, we go and pray like this. And I've done this for years, okay? So I'm not trying to point at you. I've come into his presence like this. God, I need. Whoo, that's self. God's not moved by need. He's moved by faith. He says, when you come into my presence, come in with thanksgiving and pray. He knows your need. God ain't moved by need. If he, was, if he was moved by need, he'd be serving the devil. The devil would be placing need everywhere, and there he'd go. Uh-uh. But he, God is a legal, just God, and he does th- things legally. And now he has given us this easy revelation of I get to. Somebody say, I get to. I'm telling you, you apply it to anything, or I have to. And you begin to say it over and over. And you begin to meditate on it. I get to. Amen. Now, um, the next uh, word that's in the family of words here is willingness. I looked up the definition of willingness. It means eager. Can you see eagerness on somebody? They're eager. Eager to help. Prompt to act. Prompt to respond without reluctance. In Exodus, oh, ho, 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 here it comes. I just blew the horn. Are y'all ready? In Exodus, God commands the first offering. And he says to Moses, tell the people to bring an offering. And bring it with a willing heart. Now watch this. The offering was going to be used to build a tabernacle for God to abide in. So later when the people came, God reminded Moses again. 
make sure they are bringing it with a willing heart, for I will not abide where there's no willingness. Oh, my God. Our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit and wondering where God is. Now, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I'll exalt the humble. And where there's willingness, there's God. Amen? And I'm going to show you where there's willingness, there's power. Now, y'all raised your hands a while ago. I want the power. All right? In Psalms, it says, thy people shall be willing in the day of my power. You show me a church that's willing, I'll show you a church filled with power. Do you all think this is important? Do you think God wants us to be willing? Filled with humility. Amen. In Isaiah, it says, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Always benefits. Everybody say benefits. First Chronicles, David is instructing his son, and he says, Solomon served God with a perfect, loyal heart and a willing mind. Isn't that interesting? So he's teaching Solomon. Now, son, your mind is not going to be willing all the time. And we've learned in Matthew that it says, your spirit is indeed willing, but your flesh is weak. Now, watch this. Your mind is not always willing. Your flesh is not always willing. But your spirit, the Bible says, is always willing. Now, isn't that good news? Well, I haven't been willing. Well, that's because you, whatever you're feeding the most of those three, come on now. Come on now. Whatever you're feeding the most, whatever's getting the most attention, is it your flesh and your mind? Because that's what's going to dominate the situation. Come on. Now, when we line up our spirit, we, we, I'm sorry, when we line up our flesh and we line up our minds and we renew our minds and we line them up back with our spirit, my God, here we go. There it goes. Woo! Steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. I'm preaching myself happy right now. Is anybody getting happy with me? Come on, man. Come on. This is for you. Everybody in here. God created you with a willing spirit. Your spirit man inside you, even that face you're giving me right now, even the ones that are sleeping, there's a willing spirit in them. <laughs> if they're born again. Amen? Somebody say benefits. There's always benefit. Amen. So remember, in everything or anything, it's your perception of the situation that makes a difference. I get to. Well, how do we do that? Well, Philippians 4, 8 says, think on these things. Remember what Paul said? Think on these things. Now, what things did he say think on? Think on how bad this guy's screwing up the country. What we'd be if we had this person. And all. Think on the gas prices. and think on, think on how your neighbor's dog has been, you know, whatever. <laughs> he says, think on these things that are true. Everybody say true. Honest, just, pure, lovely, good report. Not bad report, Christians. Not bad report. Don't think on those things. That's the glass half empty. Don't, that's what Paul's saying here. Don't be that person. 
You're going to miss out on the benefits. And now God says, all you got to do is just say, I get to. I don't care what your flesh, your flesh may not feel like it, but just say it anyway. You tell your flesh, shut up and I get to. Amen. Amen. Oh, it's time for that preacher wants some money. Oh, you have no clue about the benefits of giving. And you've been giving grudgingly? That don't count in God's eyes. You should have just hung on to that money. And how's that been working for you? A lot of weeds? A lot of bitter Christians? God, how come his, he's debt free? God, how come he's got this? How, yeah, how's that working out for you? God goes by the heart. He's looking for people. Who say and live, I get to. I don't have to. I get to. Amen? Everybody say, I get to. Do you believe it? Praise God. All right. So, the world operates in this. Now, now watch. Guess what happens to them when they operate in it? Benefits. At a job, if somebody comes in early or they stay late or they bring donuts or they don't complain and they're very nice to their co-workers and, they're, and, and, and they'll clean and they'll do extra, what, 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 instead of the guy who drags in there, I have to and I'm out of here the second that clock turns five o'clock and you've got these two different ones, who do you think's going to reap the benefits in that which employee? That one, that one who comes in there, hey, I get to. There are people that are praying to God for promotions and blessings and wanting him to illegally go against his principle. And that's, listen, everything's a willing. You're praying to him to change the situation and you don't even have a willing heart. If you would get willing and bless that boss and bless that company and quit talking bad about them and be the Christian God created you to be, he will promote you. Woo! And there's just people just wanting God to fix everything. And the whole time they're living life, well, we have to, honey. Well, we have to. Now, preacher said That's so wrong. That's so wrong. You don't have to. You get to. Amen? Are y'all getting anything out of this? Are you sure? You want me to keep going? Paul, for two years, 600 days, 15,000 miles he traveled, by foot, donkey, camel, and ship, spreading the word. Why? Because he got to. That's the answer to everything. He got to. Somebody say, I get to. to. Your health. Now, let's talk about this. I'm not talking to Christians. Your health. You do not have to eat right. No, no, no. You eat all the donuts and fried food and Snickers. How's it working for me? You do not. Hey, you lay there. You don't have to exercise. Throw that. Sell that exercise bike and that treadmill oh you still you're using it for a hanger okay well you just lay right there you don't have to now i'm not talking about church but you get to are there any benefits to what i just said you get to do you feel better less doctor visits you live longer less medication you get to 
Do you see the difference? If, if this was taught from rehab, if this was taught from the medical world, you don't have to. People just go right on doing what you're doing. I'll see you next week. That's what the doctors ought to do. But you know what? If you change your diet, if you'd put that on your refrigerator, I get to. I get to eat a salad. I get to order the salad instead of the hamburger. Oh, you don't have to. Oh, thanks. Hamburger, double it. <laughs> Supersized fries. You know, the usual. Are y'all with me? But are there benefits? Are y'all, I'm trying to keep you with me. Are there benefits to the get-to? Yes. Are there benefits to the have-to? No. Never. So how's that been working? And if we can change that, and we've been training our people, you have to go to church. And we've had so much rebellion. 70% of kids after they leave their youth group turn after they leave high school and their youth group. It's, it's a high number because we have not had this teaching. We have not had this background of I get to. I love saying it. I love paying for somebody's grocery and I see them struggling at the, I get to. And they go, why did you do it? Because I get to. That's the only answer you need to know. I get to bless you. Oh, it's easy to bless those who bless you. But I get to bless the ones who persecute me and who don't like me. I get to pray for them. Will that benefit me? Oh, yeah. What you reap is what you sow. What you sow is what you reap. Somebody didn't correct me on that. Holy Spirit did. All right. In sports, I I have seen this in the natural. When you ask a player to change positions or something. And you got two different players' attitudes. You got one, I have to. He wanted to play quarterback. He wanted to pitch. He wanted to do this. But for the better of the team, and if you coach it right and explain it right, but then when they come and they go home and they either tell mom or dad, well, I have to move the line. I have to. Guess what's going to happen to that young man? I have to. Maybe it's a girl in volleyball or basketball. What? I have to. Teachers, I have to. That have to will get you nowhere. But that I get to, it's going to better the team. What's going to happen? His attitude, his involvement, he'll grow, he'll mature. And, you know, and, and, and just think of the favor that coach is going to have with him. Possible scholarship, possible all-star accolades, whatever. But there's going to be benefits for the I get to. There's always benefits for the I get to. Now, this was meant, now I'm just giving you some of this in the world, but this was meant for God's covenant people. Now, you think about Abram, who later became Abraham. Now, a good indication that you're a have-to person is you don't know your covenant. Because Abram, when he was told, I want you to be the father of many nations, I have to? Isn't that true? I'm, oh, I've never been the father of one. How in the world could this be? But when God made a covenant with him and he turns into Abraham, God says, hey, won't you take your son up and sacrifice him? Woo, I get to. And I'm telling you, he wasn't grudgingly going up there. And neither was Isaac. He wasn't having to rope him and tie him and carry him up there because he taught Isaac the same way. 
Isaac knew that God would do something great. And that they get to pass the test and see how good God is. Because he was covenant-minded. Same with David. We talked about it. He wasn't there to fight. He was there to serve. He didn't have to serve. He got to serve. It's so hard for some pastors to get people to serve. Are you kidding me? Go on. You don't have to. That's what I tell my church. Don't ever get involved. Just come to church on Sunday like you do and see how that works out for you. But you know what? We've got a nursery back there. And we've got young people here. And we've got toilets that need to be cleaned. And we've got a community out here. But outside these four walls. And then God, oh, are you ready for this? God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. It doesn't say people. It says servants. Why? Because they're willing. So many people have used that verse wrong. God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Everything to God is the heart. He loves a cheerful giver. Not a giver, a cheerful. How's your heart in the giving? And he takes prosperity. He takes pleasure in the prosperity. Woo! Blessings. Of who? The humble. The servants. I get to. You don't have to serve. You get to serve. Amen. Man, I hope somebody's getting something out of this. Now, let's start somewhere with God's covenant people. Let's start with tithing and giving. Let's hit this for a little bit. Church, you don't have to tithe. You do not have to tithe. You will still go to heaven. Eat your Twinkies and you'll and keep your money. But if you're born again, you'll still go to heaven. Now listen, how many do you hear that from pastors or preachers? You usually hear the other. You have to. You have to. Uh-uh. You don't have to. You don't have to give one night of these four services that we have. You don't have to give to Champions for Christ. But you get to. You get to help change People all over the world. You get to be a part of a worldwide ministry. You get to. Now let's see what the Bible says about it. God loves what kind of a giver? Oh, a get-to giver, not a have-to giver. And it says, not grudgingly. Right? So is there any benefits? Let's look at Luke 6, 38, the King James. Are y'all okay? Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Wow, that's a pretty good benefit to giving. Let's look at it in the, um, oh, what did I tell you? New Living Translation. Give and you will receive. That's a law. There's benefits to giving. Amen. Your gift will return to you in full pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. You don't have to give. And you also don't have to receive. And people are wondering, where is it? Give! Any opportunity you have, give. Everybody say, I get to. Say, I get to give. 
That's what you ought to say every time it's time to give. Every time it's time to tithe. Every time you hear somebody, I get to. Don't even let your mind or your flat. Oh, they just want my mind. Oh, they That's self right there. That's self. And I don't care if the guy's wrong or the guy's right or whatever. If the Holy Spirit tells me to give, I'm going to give anyway. I'm so thankful my son and my daughter, especially my son Caleb. Every time we'd pull up and there'd be one of those guys with a cardboard box and they're, you know, begging for money on a, on a corner. Have y'all seen those in, in major cities? And then they come out with these reports. They're scamming and blah, blah. Well, how do And when Caleb was little, it didn't matter. Dad, roll down your window. Dad, stop, stop. I don't, son, I got a green light. Dad, get, he climb on me. Hey, hey, come here. Caleb was little. He'd do this. Come here. And I'd open up my wallet and Caleb would grab all of it. <laughs> Money would <laughs> There'd be times I didn't have anything. We'll be right back. Dad can go to a machine and get something. And we'd have to. But you know what I saw in that little boy? I saw something that God put in a little spirit that the world hadn't messed with yet. And God put that in him. And we never took it out of him. And to this day, Caleb has no problem with giving. Any money that comes in, this is God's part, and I'll even give more. Why? Because the right background was placed. Right? It was that compassion. Every time there was a miracle that Jesus performed, he was moved with compassion. He gets to. The needs of others. Humility. I get to. So you don't have to give. Don't give, brother. Boy, you get to. And you get the same rewards as when we go across the world and we teach millions of people. You get the same rewards. We ought to put a little bit more emphasis in giving because you're going to benefit from it. Amen? I don't know why I'm getting quiet right now. It's a spiritual law. Let's go to tithing. Malachi 3.10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now wherewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I, click, will not open you Open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not. (laughs) I can't even hardly finish it. There's not even room enough for you. Why in the world? Listen, if you truly knew and believed in Luke 6.38 and Malachi 3.10 and you truly knew this, then I promise you your attitude, your perspective, and your heart is I get to give. Are you kidding me? What did the scripture say? Pressed down, shaken together, running over. When does a heaven open? Other men giving to me. Blessing so bountiful, I won't have room enough to receive it. When can I give? God, how much you want me to give? I ask him that all the time. I was taught by that. I was taught by a man to do that. God, what do I have? What do I have that I have 
that I can give that you want me to give? Lord, my bank account, you want me to give it? If you tell me to give it, I'm giving it. God, my house, do you want me to give it? Because I don't want that house to have me. I don't want no car to have me. I don't want no motorcycle to have me. I don't want no whatever. God, what, what is it? Because I get to give. And I will never lack. Are y'all with me? Because of the I get to instead of I have to. Maybe that's the holdup. Maybe that's the holdup. Praise the Lord. Now, are y'all okay? Because we're talking about giving and tithing. Now, all right, let's move on. Let's go to the next one. All right, stay there for a little bit, yeah. I'm te- the reason why pastors really like this preach because it blesses you, therefore it blesses the church. And it blesses all the operations of the church. Let's talk about love. You don't have to walk in love. Are there any benefits to walking in love? You get to. Now, you mean I get to love those who are mean to me? Or do I have to? Well, how about this one? Try this one on. Luke, or uh, love, what's the love chapter? 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, Love never fails. I don't know about you, but I like that. I never want to fail. So the love chapter says endure. You don't have to endure. You can quit. But you get to. You get to endure. Did I ever share with you guys about endure to mature and the two charts that God showed me? He showed me two charts and he said every Christian on the enduring part, they're having problems enduring the hardships, the problems, the attacks. And they're not looking at it the right way. He says their perception's wrong. He said, Chip, you get to endure. I mean, some of you looking at me like, what do you mean I get to endure? See, you have the wrong hold mindset on the thing. And he showed me two charts. The first chart of a Christian, you're, you have one of these two charts. You'll probably see it in heaven and go, God's going to go, I showed you those two charts from that one guy. And this is a chart of a Christian in a year's time. Are you all ready? And it starts here, and it's one of those, um, is that called a bar graph or a line graph? I think it's a line. It had a good month and a day. Okay, so this goes up like this. This is you. And all of a sudden, it stops right there because of an attack or pressure. Something happens. The enemy comes. His fiery dart. As long as you're living and breathing, the devil's going. Some lady came up to Brother Hagin one time and said, pray for me that the devil never bothers me again. <laughs> he said, then I'm going to have to pray that you go to heaven because that's the only place it's going to happen. Oh, no, that's okay. (laughs) So an attack comes, and that chart stops, and it goes down. No enduring. It goes down. They question. There's no rejoice. There's no faith is going down. And then, praise God for a sermon or a... Somebody calls them or somebody's been praying for them and lifts them back up and the word comes and a testimony and they go back up. Are y'all with me? And then another attack comes. So the same thing happens. Now, are y'all getting the picture? Look, they started here. 
Boom, 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 and boom. But the Lord said, the problem with that is, look where they finished. The same place they started year after year. No growth. No growth. Now, if that happens to any coach on any level, and that's your winning percentage, you win a few, lose a few, you're going to get fired. I couldn't coach that way. You better grow. Well, is there going to be hard times and injuries? Absolutely. Then the Lord said, but here is the champion chart that I created for my people. So here it comes. Boom, pressure hits. Instead of going up or down, it goes flat. And that flat was the enduring, the holding on, keeping your faith. You get to fight the good fight. You get to keep speaking the word. You don't, no, you don't have to. I get to. I chew. I'm healed by his stripes. Blah, blah. Woo. Woo. Glory to God. I get to praise you, Father. That's called enduring. And because you endure, the Bible says twice in there, when you endure, you mature and you break through. And then here comes another one. Oh, but this time you remember that time. And you get to praise and, and worship God and be willing to His word. And boom, you mature. And he says, now look at the end of their chart compared to the Christian up and down. You get to endure. This explains Jesus. Listen to this. I love this. Hebrews 12, 2. This explains Him through the cross. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, for the joy, what are you talking about? How could there be joy when you're about to be crucified? Who for the joy that was set before him, what did he do? Because of the joy. Who is the joy? The prize? Us. So that we can live eternally with him. And because of that, he endured the cross. I'm telling you right now, when we see him and talk to him in heaven, you're going to find out. He did not have the mentality of I have to. He got to. He got to go to the cross for you. And here we Lift this life down here, this short little time. And how many times we do it in our lives? Oh, kids, you don't have to do your homework. All the parents, what? <laughs> and see how that works out for you. See what kind of job you get. See what kind of, come on now. But you get to. And you get to make straight A's. And you get to be an example for Is there benefits to that? Yeah. Amen. Y'all just ready to go home or what? Are you sure? So we get to be patient and kind and never jealous. We get to be not boastful or proud. We get to not be rude. We don't have to. We get to. We get to rejoice when others prevail. Because this is what the love chapter says. We get to never give up or never lose faith. Now, let's listen to, um, now this thing needs to get even more eternal, not just down here. Let's listen to Paul in 2 Timothy 4, 7, all right? 
And this is, the, is this New Living Translation? Let me see. Yeah. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. Why? Somebody tell me why. He got to. Now y'all are getting it. That's the answer to everything. That's how simple it is. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, thy righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all those who... Eagerly, cheerfully, willingly, humbly look forward to his appearing. We get to be Christians. We get to love. We get to give. We get to bless and not curse. Anybody can curse them. There's so many Christians that are cursing our president, are cursing our system, or they're cursing out of their mouth when you were created to bless. And they're wondering, where are their benefits? And God's a legal God. But that day, everybody say that day. He said that, that those prizes are going to come on that day. Do you realize the Bible talks about there's going to be an awards assembly in heaven? That's, listen, whether you like this or not, that's happening. That's happening. And I'm telling you, I'm hoping one of them's going to be the I get to awards. Chip, help me give them out. Woo-hoo-hoo! The I get to awards. The humble. I've heard many ministers talk about that day. Oh, they look forward to that day. Just like Paul. Oh, there's going to be a day where my Lord gives out these prizes, these awards. Guess who ain't going to get them? Because the Bible says, and some will not receive, yet they'll still be saved. They will not receive their rewards. Why? They lived a life of grudgingly. Never prayed. Never read the word. Never gave. Never hardly loved. But when they did, it was because they had to. Didn't obey their parents or respect them. Didn't forgive them. You don't have to forgive. What's the answer? Y'all are getting, there's, there's about six people here tonight that got it. And watch these six or seven people. Watch the benefits in their lives. Because they're going to renew their minds. And they're going to say it out of their mouths. I get to. Say it again. I get to. I need to get me a couple little mascots. The I get to brothers. And they're like two prospectors. <laughs> And every time I want to say it, I look at them and they go, we get to. <laughs> hey, like that, Mom? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> praise God. You don't have to praise and worship God. Is there any benefits of it? Yeah. He inhabits the praises of his people. That's a pretty big benefit. When get to is involved, that principle, there's always benefits. And it's also access to him when you enter into his presence with thanksgiving and praise. That's access to him. Amen. You don't have to honor God. And the Bible says when you honor God, he will honor you. 
You husbands, you don't have to honor your wives. Wow, that really went down. And the ones who said it were the women. <laughs> husbands, you don't have to honor your wives. Now, is there benefits to it? Read the Bible. If you on Yep, now there's not only not o- let's stay with the Bible. Not I'll get to yours. But the Bible says if you honor your wives, your prayers will be answered. I don't know about you, but I kind of like that one. Now, plus you honoring your wives, will there be any benefits to that? Okay, now let's move on. This is a family meeting. All right. Children, you don't have to honor your parents. Could you imagine the religious toes this is stepping on? You're telling my kids they don't have to? But you know what the Bible says when you do? You will have long life. I remember my mama, that's how she raised me. You want to live long? And she wasn't, I thought she was going to kill me. She was giving me scripture. Boy, you want to live long? Uh, yeah. Kind of in the plan. Then honor your mother. You get to honor your parents. You get to tell them you love them. You get to take the trash out without them. Having, you get to clean your room. Amen. Will there be benefits to all of this that I'm talking about? Oh, but kids are not raising. Nah, I want to live my life. Let me be my. That's self. And you're sowing weeds and that's all you'll reap in your life. And you'll grow up and be in a church and a youth group and then an adult. And be a part of a church just bitter. Because it's all been driven by self and have to. Break out of that thing. That's the enemy trying to steal, kill, and destroy. You, your life, and your plan. Break out of that thing. I don't care what your flesh feels like. I don't care what your mind says. Do what David told his son to do. Be willing. Now, your mind ain't going to want to, and your flesh ain't going to want to either. But you're going to do it. And you practice it. Somebody say practice. And you practice it. How did God just show us tonight how to practice? By saying, I get to. And you think about it for a while. I remember when I started this thing, my wife had to cook something for the church. And man, it was late. And she'd been cooking all day. And it was late at night. And she didn't have the, the ingredients for something else. And I'm sitting in that chair. And I'm getting ready to go to bed. And she's getting her purse and her coat. And the Lord says, Chip, you get to go. My flesh didn't want to. Honey, what? She was already on the door. I could have just went, nothing. And then just repented. <laughs> What, honey? I'll go. What? I'll go. And she goes, why? Because I get to. And she looked at me and I looked at her. And, and when I made that drive and I came back, man, the peace of God was there. The love of God was there. And the love of my wife when I got home. <laughs> 
and my prayers being answered. Are y'all getting this or not? You get to listen. You get to come to church. Man, I get there. Praise God. You don't have to serve, you get to serve because God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Amen? You don't have to read the Bible or go to church. Will it benefit you? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. I learned this as a, as a pastor now. And this is what a lot of reasons why some churches aren't full. is because pastors don't understand that God's law and principle and everything about God is sowing and reaping. His whole system is sowing and reaping. What you sow, you're going to reap. Well, it's, it's not just that money. So, here I am, a pastor, and I don't know, when I became on staff as associate pastor first, it was like three people left the church, one because the music's too loud, one because they didn't like where we put the plants at. <laughs> there's, more, there's more churches that split because the color of the carpet. And that's so selfish, it's ridiculous. And so all these, you know, it's too loud. Affleck! <laughs> I'm wanting to run them and go. And so they're leaving. And, that, and this one comes up to me. He says, this is my last Sunday. Just want you to know. And, uh, and the Lord was showing me. He said, if pastors would only learn this. That every, if you if you if you sow them, you get to you get to sow them. Instead of trying to have to hang on to everything. And so now when people I tell my people, you do not have to go to church here. And if you want to leave and God tells you to leave, then praise God, Candy, and I'll have Candy stand up, we get to sow you. Praise God, yes. And we had our best usher. And, and I'm telling you, we did that, and our church grew like the right. very next week. It just grew because we sowed. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to keep reaping weeds. So you need to check your heart. And if there's any have-tos in there, get rid of them. You can do it. You can do it. Just keep saying it. Practice it. Amen? And I mean, our church started growing, and then our best the best, not because he wanted to, it was a job thing and he had to move to Minnesota. Our best servant and his wife, you never had to ask them. They did everything and they got to go. And so when they came up there, I got them up front and I said, do you guys realize because we get to sow you two, we're going to have to build a whole new church. Do you see the perception? And our church had a big party. And we began to praise and worship God because of this wonderful, wonderful seed that we're about to sow. Instead of hanging on, hanging on. No, I get to. Do you see it? It works in everything. Everything. It's God's principle law. Amen. Glory to God. All right, let's end this thing up. It's endless. It's on every topic. It works for everything. It's a lifestyle. So last but not least, we'll go to this, which we went to Deuteronomy 28, 45. We did this last night. 
You can kind of see this whole theme. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you, pursue you, overtake you, till you're destroyed because you hearken not unto the voice of the Lord, thy God, to keep his commandments and his statutes which he command thee. And they shall come upon you for a sign and a wonder. What? The curses. And upon thy click, seed for how long? Because why? You service not the Lord thy God with what? You know what that means? You served the Lord because you had to. You did his word because you had to. Hmm. Thank you, Lord, for this revelation. Amen? Amen. Aren't you happy for it? You don't have to love your neighbor. You get to. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, how do we practice this? All right, let's go to Philippians 4, 8, and 9 in the Amplified. We'll end it up right here. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true. Everybody say true. true. Whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly. Whatever is just. See, that's legal. That's just. Whatever is what? Whatever is lovely and lovable. Whatever is kind. You don't have to be kind. Trust me, I travel all over the world to churches. There are a lot of non-not kind Christians. Oh, there's a lot of them. Y'all are all holy, I can tell just by looking at you. Whatever, but whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there's any virtue and excellence, if there's anything worthy of what? Then think on and weigh and take an account of these things. Don't think of the other things. Don't even let them come in your mind. Your mind's not willing. You got to train that mind. Your flesh ain't going to want to go to church sometimes. It ain't going to want to give sometimes. It ain't going to want to love those who persecute you some all the time. But you don't think on those things. Don't do it. Say out loud, I get to. I get to. And, and take account of these things and fix your minds on them. And then what? Practice. Say it again. Practice. Say it again. Practice. You want to be a champion? What do you do? Practice. You practice what you have clicked. Learned. Has anybody learned anything these last few meetings? And you practice what you've received. Has anybody received anything these last few meetings? And you practice what you've heard. Has anybody heard anything? And what you've seen in me and model your way of living on it. Wear the t-shirt. Get the bumper sticker. Get the reminder band. Get the magnet. Write it in everywhere. Write it down. I get to. And you practice it. And you model your way about it. And then, whoo, and the glory of peace of untroubled, undisturbed well-being will be. Why? Because he abides where there is willingness. He said on that very first offering, when they make that tabernacle, Moses, you remind them, if they don't bring that offering with a willing heart, I will not abide there. And he won't abide in this church if it's not here. Right. Come on. And he won't abide in your temple. He's always there for you. But he abides where there's willingness. Amen? 
And I thank God, and I've never done this in my life because I always wanted to be real humble and all this, you know. But you have an opportunity to give to Champions for Christ tonight. And you have an opportunity to give whatever you want to give, or you can give a champion seed. Cricket, look how how quiet it is. Why would I keep this from you? Because it's going to benefit you. Thousands get saved. Thousands get healed. Thousands get renewed their mind and taught. Oh, he just wanting that money. You need to tell your flesh to shut up. There's some people who can't even pray very long. But you know the benefits of prayer is? You get to talk to God. And your flesh tells you, shut up, flesh. God, I get to raise my hands. I don't have to. I get to. I get to rejoice and run and praise and worship. Thank you, Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, I thank you for this. Some people may be thinking, well, what kind of revival is this? Well, God's saying if you want revival, we've got to get the heart right. And revival follows. Revival's not just in a in a week-long or three-day church service. It's in your house. It's on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's in your heart. And these keys and these issues that I brought these past four meetings are keys to reviving your spirit and reviving the power of God. We thank you and receive you. Lord, we didn't have to come tonight. We got to. Lord, I'm so thankful for your word and your Bible. Ah. We don't have to read it. We get to. I don't have to love my wife or my children or be a good father or loyal. I get to. And I'm so thankful. You never made us do anything. But tonight, does anybody want to agree with me? Tonight, listen, just stay head bowed and eyes closed. We pray to you. We repent for any self. Is anybody with me on that? Raise your hands if you're with me on this. We repent for all selfishness, for every act of selfishness. If your hand is raised, he sees it. For every act of selfishness that I have ever said, thought, or done, I put it under the blood and I repent. And I thank you that I get to repent. Lord, all of us with our hands up, we're repenting for all that. Woo! So we, are, we just put a gag order on the accuser. And now we are legally lined up to live our lives clothed in humility. And Lord, we're going to put it in front of our eyes and practice what I get to. And we thank you for it. And the more they say it, the more it's going to become real to them and more real to them. And, and it's going to benefit them in every, every way, financially. They will not be the same this time next year. They will not be the same this time next month. They will not be the same this time next week because they're living the hum- humble way, the willing way. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name.